I, I got this off my pastor years and years ago that we need to seek God for the coming year about what God wants our church to focus on. And every year it's a soul winning verse type thing. But this Colossians 128 in the Living Bible is our theme verse. This is what we live around. This is what we do. Colossians 128, the Living Bible says this. So everywhere we go, we talk about what the Dodgers are doing. Everywhere we go, we talk about how evil the politicians are and how they lie. Well, I'm just describing what a lot of Christians do. But no, everywhere we go, we talk about who? Talk about Christ. Who do we talk to? All who will listen. Warning them and teaching them, as well as we know how, we want to be able to present each one to God perfect, or in other words, be mature, grown up, because, because of what Christ has done for each of them. We want to talk about Jesus everywhere we go. We want to help people to find peace. We want to help people to receive healing. We want to help people to get their lives back together. We want to help people get direction for their families, for their finances, for their job life. And Jesus is the one. Jesus, real simply, that one name is the answer for every catastrophe that everybody here is facing today. Jesus is the answer. He'll give you the answer. As somebody said, somebody, sometimes Jesus perceived their thoughts. As I perceive your thoughts right now. Well, that means, I mean, I'm picking up on what somebody's thinking right now. Well, if Jesus is the answer, I know Jesus. I live for Jesus. Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. But maybe you haven't received understanding yet about what you're doing in life right now, that Jesus needs to help you get corrected. And so he said, Jeremiah 3.15, I'll give you pastors with my heart which will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And so it's one thing to know the great master. It's another thing to tune in on what he's saying to you. And so that's what we want to do, whether you don't know Jesus yet or whether you do know Jesus. If you're facing impossible situations in life, I'm so glad to tell you that the angel Gabriel told Jesus' mother in Luke 137, for with God, nothing, no thing shall be impossible. I want to say it again. Did not say with one million likes on Facebook, nothing will be impossible. Did not say a tweeter or Twitter, that'll help you out. Instagram's not going to get it. But he said, with God, nothing, no thing shall be impossible. And so based upon that, I'm a good news preacher. I'm a gospel preacher. And to me, that's good news. If you've got a bad medical diagnosis, if you've got problems on your job, financial problems, no matter what it is, with God, nothing shall be impossible. And so that's what we're talking about. We want to tell everyone everywhere we go. And so High Desert Word Center, for your outline, has a strong call of God to tell unsaved people the good news about Jesus. We've got a very strong calling to God to tell unsaved people the good news about Jesus. And I'm the number one witness and soul winner in this church. I'm the head guy. And the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And so if Paul could say that, and I've followed the teachings of Paul, 
And I follow great men and women of God. I listen to them, their testimonies. I see what they're doing that, that's giving glory to Jesus and helping people. And that's what I try to do. And so I'm the number one. I'm the number one witness and soul winner in this church here. And so I've lived this verse for nearly 37 years. Come January, I'll be born again 37 years. And I've, and I've followed Jesus in soul winning. And so I just want to give you a couple of recent examples. Last week, Mrs. Pastor and I, on Sunday night, I know some of you, we turned you down for Del Tocmo and stuff because we don't want to, we're, we're working at stuff, okay? We like being full gospel Christians, but sometimes we get too full. So anyway, we had a strong desire to go get some pizza after church on Sunday night. And a lot of times when that happens to us, God has a divine appointment for us. And so a week ago Sunday night, we went to a pizza place here in town, one that we haven't been to very many times. It's, uh, anyway, we went to this pizza place, and so we're going in there. We're, we're ordering our pizza to sit out at our table, and Mrs. Pastor, we get drank. She's going over there, and so I'm getting ready to pay up my debit card, and so the girl's giving me side stuff, punch little buttons and everything, and she's just making talk. I've, I've had the hiccups all day long. I've had the hiccups since early this morning. And... I just thought, signing my bill and things like that, and just listened to her, and I said, well, did somebody say boo to you, you know, to try to shake them? Or, oh, I've tried everything. I drank lemon juice or some kind of juice or something, said something. I said, oh, and I got done signing my ticket, looked up, she's holding her chest. A real young girl, probably about 18, 20 years old, holding her chest. And she said, oh, my chest just hurts so bad. Well, then, by then, I was focused on the situation then, and so... By instinct, being a spirit-filled Christian, I stuck my hand out, and I said, hold my hand. I want to pray for you. I didn't know this girl. And she said, okay. I held her hand. Jesus said, Mark 16, lay hands sick, they shall recover. I held her hand. I prayed a real short prayer, 30 seconds to a minute prayer, taking authority over things. And she thanked me. I went over and sat down at my table in the other room there. And she wasn't the server. She was just the cashier, so she wasn't supposed to come in the other room. But then I'd say, no more than two minutes. This girl comes walking out to our booth. We were sitting over there. And she says, I don't believe it. It's gone. It's gone. I said, as soon as you prayed for me, it's gone. I heard all day long. And she said, she said, I tried to make them come back, and they wouldn't come back. They're gone. <laughs> Amen. And so... What did I say? I said, ain't you lucky? No, I didn't say, ain't you lucky? What do you think do of luck? I said, I prayed for you in the name of Jesus. I said, Jesus didn't want you hurting. I said, Jesus took those hiccups away. So then the next question, of course, is, where do you go to church? And I said, well, I said, I go to High Desert Word Center, but I'm the pastor over there. I said, I'd like you to come sometime. So anyway, she went back to her cash register. We never saw her again. She was over there, but she was so excited that this was a bona fide, not religious experience, but an encounter with Jesus, that she came all the way over to this other room, left her cash register. Don't tell her bosses. That's why I'll tell you where she worked at. Don't worry, get in trouble. she come over to tell us what Jesus did for her. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Amen. Jesus, Jesus did not heal that girl because I'm a preacher. Jesus healed that girl because I'm a believer. In Mark 16, he said, these signs shall follow all that believe. If you're a believer, you could have prayed for that girl and got the same results I did. Amen. I know many of you do this all the time. 
And so as the number one uh, witness of this church, the guy that's you're supposed to follow me as I follow Christ, a couple days later, we finally, we've been wanting to go in the new Marshall store ever since it's been here. We've been so busy doing all the things that God has us doing, we weren't able to make Marshalls. And so we had, we had a leaders meeting or something one night, and finally it was like 6, 6.30. We had Nate since early morning running all day long. We was hungry for supper, but we said, man, if we don't go to Marshalls now, we're never going to make it. Let's get there now. We're just going real quick. We'll walk around. Even if we don't buy anything, we'll just make a lap through there to see what's in there. And so we saw some really good deals, some, 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 some things we'll look at. Long story short, I found a pair of jeans I liked, so I went back to the fitting room. There's a young girl working back there, gave me a number, gave me the number, so we did our talk there all the time. You know, I'd just let my light shine, share a little bit about Jesus, and my wife's right over the looks of things like that. And so anyway, begin, begin to witness this girl here and Tell her some things she needed to hear. The Lord got us some personal things she really needed to hear. So my pastor hat came on, and I pastored her pretty boldly at some things of life because I found out she was a Christian, so I was pretty bold with her and told her some things she needed to do for her life. And then here comes the question. Where do you go to church at? I said, well, I'm the pastor over at High Desert Word Center. Where's that at? I said, it's across from the drive-in. Everybody's been telling me about that church. Everybody, everybody's been inviting me to that church. Oh, everybody's been telling me. I'm going to come, I'm going to come, I'm going to come. Said, I've only lived up here five months. I got moved up here five months ago. But everybody tells me about that church. And so what am I saying? I'm saying that we, as believers, need to tell everybody everywhere to know the good news about Jesus. Jesus wants people to know things. Can, you, can I tell you one more recent experience? A couple, a couple, that's about three weeks ago. This was another thing we don't normally do. After Sunday morning church, we wanted to go eat somewhere, but we didn't want to take the time to go in and sit down and wait on a server in the crowds and have to eat, then wait on the bill to do that. We just we wanted to eat. We were hungry. We wanted to go home. So we stopped at a supermarket in town, one of them that sells the chicken and the stuff you pick yourself put out. So anyway, we're in there, shared the love of Jesus. Ordered our chicken, our potato salad, coleslaw and stuff. We put inside our little container there. And then here comes the question. The lady says, did you just get out of church? I said, yeah. She says, well, where do you go to church? I said, High Desert Word Center. I'm the pastor there. And then she said, High Desert Word Center, is that the one over by the drive-in? I said, yeah, that's the one. She said, well, there's two people in this store work with, work, work with me that go to your church. She said, I really, I really like the joy they have. Said, they're really very happy. They're very positive people. Said, said, I really like it. I've been telling them I'm going to come. And I met you now. I want to come to your church. And I said, well, we'll be looking for you. We'll watch for you come to the door. We'll shake your hand. We'll give you a hug. Come on into our church. Amen. And so I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the season we're in, the fish are jumping in the boat. The fish are jumping in the boat. You just got to recognize how to fish. So anyway, that's, that's the th- type of things we want to talk about today. So that's some of the examples of, of what I see that Harvest Fest is about getting people in to share the love of Jesus. And so why Harvest Fest? I want you to look at Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 to 22. Matthew chapter 4. Is anybody hearing anything this morning? Amen. And 
Can, can I tell you something, how hard it is to talk to people about Jesus in public like that you don't know? If you walk with him, how many have ever been to a funeral where they do the song that uh, has, has, a, has like the dew on the lily, you know? I, he walks with me and talks with me and, you know, hears voice, stuff like that. Well, you know what? At those funerals where that song sang at, normally the person that they're singing about is somebody that experienced that kind of life and they knew. I think about your mom singing that song there and that song there. My grandma sang that song there. But you know what? Hopefully you're going to get to be, live, to be real old someday die when you're an old grandpa and grandma and they'll sing that song at your funeral. But you know, for some people, sad to say, they'll be singing a song like, How drunk I was. I did it my way. I don't want that song. I want, he walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. And so that's what we're talking about. When you walk with him and you're in the garden with him in the morning time, that spiritual garden, and your fellowship with him, it's real easy when you're down at the store and you're just sharing your love, his love. You're smiling and people look at you. They're automatically going to say, are you a church person? Are you a Christian? Where do you go to church at? And then it's so easy to help them. Amen? And so I'm going to look at this verse right here. Matthew chapter 4. And we're going to look at verse 18 to 22. And listen to this. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren. And you know what? I, I saw this be personally for me this morning. And Jesus... Looking at the trucks in Indianapolis in 1979, saw a truck driver named Bernie Samples. I'm so glad that the same Jesus that saw those fishermen in Galilee saw the truck drivers in Indianapolis that day, saw me. Saw two brethren, and he might have seen you up at the fort, or at the Marine base, or in the school system, or over at the railroad. Or down at the gas station, wherever you work at, how many here are glad Jesus saw you that day he saw you? Amen. Saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. Well, for me, I was putting a pallet on that truck, for I was a truck driver. He knows what you are, and he knows what you do. And he said unto them, follow me, and I will make you. That's the number one thing Jesus says when he gets a hold of your life. He says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And I'm thinking about me, when he said that to me, back when he followed, said, started calling me to follow him, I had a CB radio on my truck. And sometimes those truck drivers followed each other because we knew what to do to get to where we were going. Sometimes we talked on the CB road and said, said, said looks like we got ourselves a convoy. Anybody remember that song? They're way too young. Okay, you don't know what it is. Okay, too bad. You missed out. But anyway, Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets, and they followed him. They did what Jesus asked them to do. He said, follow me. And they did. And so I want to tell you, for each and every one of you, Jesus, first thing he tells us, is follow me. I want to remake your life. I want to make you into something different. 
And going on from this, he saw two other brethren, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, his father, and mended their nets. He called them. Same thing. He called them, and they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. And so you notice it was the same thing over and over again. Jesus called, and they followed. Jesus called, and they followed. And he said, I'll make you fishers of men. And so when you begin to follow Jesus, you will automatically become a fisher of men. How many here are so glad that Jesus turned your life around just in time? Amen. And when you're really glad and you follow him, you don't want to keep your light under a bushel. It's so easy when you see hurting people that you work with in your family. It's so easy not to preach at them, but to share your testimony, what God's done for you, what to do for them. Amen. Is that right? Well, give the Lord a hand. Give him a hand. And as our church has this call, as all believers do, to be fishers of men, I think about our church calendar. How many got a church calendar at the start of the year? We gave you a church calendar. Did everybody get a church calendar? Amen. Well, remember I told you on our calendar, we're going to put our theme verse, but our outreach verse. Our outreach verse was 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. And that verse says, we love him because he first loved us. We love him Because he first loved us. Well, that is our bait. That is our bait. As that calendar hangs in our businesses, as that calendar hangs in our kitchen in a prominent place of where it is, where the sinners and the backsliders and the unchurched people visit us and they see that, those words of God about his son jump off that calendar when somebody's hurting and they see that. He first loved me. He first loved me. And so for us, we know that's our testimony. He loved us, but we weren't easy to love. He loved us when we weren't loving him. And so that is bait on our hook is the love of God letting people know he loves you even if you're not lovable right now. He still loves you regardless. You know, there there was a track I saw years ago. And just had a picture of Jesus died on the cross. And he said, I love you this much. That he died on the cross for us. And like Pastor Dave said, this morning communion, because he died for us, that means he rose for us. And when he rose for us, he took all of our sin. He took all of the curse. And he gave us all of his goodness and all of his, all of his blessing. Amen. It's for us. And so... Uh, when I, when I share the love of God, God with one person, one person at a time, I call one-on-one soul winning and personal witnessing as sharing of your testimony. I call that pole fishing or fishing from the bank or the creek or the pond or whatever else we got out here. A little water hole sometimes <laughs> it rains. <laughs> but you all know what I'm talking about. Does everybody here know what a fishing pole is? A fishing pole, how many fish can you catch with a fishing pole? 
one fish at a time. Well, this morning, if we had a service with a lot of different people who didn't know Jesus, we could have a bigger catch. But when you leave here this morning, if you go over to Jenny's for lunch, or if you go to Denny's for lunch or Del Taco, you have a possibility you might catch a fish. You might be able, if you're a one-on-one witness, to pray for somebody, be able to catch one fish. And that's what I call pole fishing, is what everyday believers do, catch fish one at a time. When you throw that line out, throw that bait out. And what me and Mrs. Pastor have noticed so many times, we've become more conscious of it lately even, God's given us so many opportunities. And so we'll, we'll, th- we'll just throw a bait out there, sit there, bite, and we'll be someplace, somebody will say something, and we'll just put in a one-liner that, uh, well, we follow Jesus. Well, why did you guys come to Indiana, California? Well, Jesus asked us to. And if they don't respond, we think, well, then glory to God. We have to try a different bait. But if they respond to that, normally it's, that means it's other Christians, and then we, the conversation starts. But if it doesn't respond, sometimes people say something like, Jesus talked to you? That's why y'all, my heart, he lives in my heart, and in my heart I know what Jesus wants me to do. And that always opens a conversation. So you've you got to be able to throw the hook out there if you want to get any bait. But just like Peter and James, Andrew and John were, car, were, were corporate or commercial fishermen who used nets to catch hundreds or thousands of variety of fish at one time, Harvest Fest is our largest corporate fishing outreach of the year. Peter and James, Andrew and John, they were corporate fishermen. They worked together. They were company fishermen. They had nets. And so Harvest Fest is like throwing out a net in the spiritual arena. Can you see the difference between corporate fishing and single fishing? I'm sure that James... And John could use a fishing pole, but they caught a whole lot more with a net when they worked together. So that's what Harvest Fest is. We throw out the nets for bigger things. At Harvest Fest, we have a potential to haul in a variety of fish, just like these guys did. Old people, young people, rich people, poor people, in-between people. And then Jesus... Brought this little song back by remembrance. Now listen to this song. If you ever went to Sunday school, I guess they still sing this song. I hope our Sunday school class sings this song. If they don't, maybe we need to learn this song. But they probably do. We've got good people in Sunday school. But when I was a little Sunday school boy going to the Baptist church in Indiana, they, they sang this song with it. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. So at our harvest fest... At our Harvest Fest with our nets, we want red and yellow, black and white. We want every kind of fish there is, we want every kind of person there is in our community to come to our Harvest Fest so we can get them in our love net. We want a love fest. We want the people to come to our Harvest Fest no matter what their background is, no matter what color they are, no matter how old they are, no matter how much money they've got. We don't care who they are. Full of tattoos, clean skin. We don't know. We don't care what they are. They could be anybody from anywhere. They come into our church, into our property. If our net out there, we want them to see fishermen in our church from all backgrounds. We want them to see people they can identify with. People they can say, wow, this is people just like my family. 
This is people just like where I work at. These people are real people. And so as we have a variety of fishermen manning our nets, we're going to catch a variety of fish in our nets. And the bottom line is we want people to know Jesus and get to go to heaven, but get heaven in their lives here on earth. Amen. Somebody shout the victory. And so that's why Harvest Fest is to catch a lot of a variety of fish. Now I'm going to look at one more passage, and then I'm going to let... Uh, actually, I've got two more, don't I? So I have to do the last two verses. But I want to get this to Katie, because she's going to give you some specifics about Harvest Fest, Katie and Desiree. But look at 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 to 21. And I'll read this out of the New Living Translation. New Living Translation. That's not the Pastor Dave translation. It's actually a translation, but that's what he normally uses. <clears throat> and what is your part in Harvest Fest? says this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christians, Christ ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sins so we could be made right with God through Christ. So as a born-again child of God, you have an urgency in your innermost being to tell people about the love of God through Jesus Christ. Harvest Fest is your perfect chance to witness and share your personal testimony with others. The fishing waters are very peaceful and calm here at the hot dog and popcorn areas. At the bounce house and cakewalk, just let your light shine and show your love for the people you're serving. What an opportunity for people that maybe don't feel very bold, that don't feel like, well, I, I, I can't do what pastor did, just start praying for somebody when they're at a stranger in a restaurant or start talking about church or God to people there. But I'll tell you what, when you're fishing in your own private pond and they come into your booth, come up to your place, that's the time your light shines. That's the time you share your love. And so we must always remember <clears throat> our Harvest Fest purpose, and really our purpose every day of the year, everywhere we go, is let people know that Jesus is the answer to all their problems. My last verse I want to look at is chapter 26 of Acts, verse 16 to 18. How many love God's Word? Amen. Isn't it so wonderful the way the Word just talks right to your heart from where you are today like you just wrote it? You know why? Because the Bible is a living thing. It's alive. And the Holy Spirit that wrote it's in you. And the Holy Spirit bears witness to your spirit when you're hearing the Bible with the love of God that He'll quicken you. That means He gives life to you on the inside. And so notice this here. This is Paul giving his testimony. He said, Jesus told him, verse 16, after he fell under the glory of God, But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I appeared unto thee for this purpose, 
to make thee a minister and a witness. Both of these things which thou hast seen, and those things of which I will appear unto thee, delivered thee from the people, and from the Gentiles, unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes, and to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins, and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. So you notice verse 16, he said he wants to make you a minister. Well, a minister simply means a server. God wants you to serve people. I'm serving you this morning. I'm serving you the Word of God. I'm serving you the anointing of God that comes through me as I flow and minister to you. And as you help other people in life, you're a servant of Jesus by serving his people. And so what a better time to serve than to make those popcorn bags, to cook those hot dogs, do that little face painting, to hand out those tickets as they come in, to whatever it is that God would have you to do. You're doing exactly what Jesus told Paul. So I want to make you a server. God wants to make you a server to go fishing. Then he said, out a witness. A witness. And, you know, that's such a simple thing. How many know from all the modern TV shows have everything that a witness means somebody that has firsthand experience. You've seen something. You've heard something. You experienced yourself. Had another bad train wreck back in New Jersey. Saw them interviewing people on TV. If they didn't see it or hear it or experience the crash themselves, they wasn't a witness. All they have is secondhand information. Well, witness means that you as a witness for Jesus, number one, you've heard Jesus speak to your heart and tell you, follow me. Number two, you've experienced the healing power of God, the delivering power of God, the wisdom of God. The blessing of God in your life. So you can tell somebody. This is not just something my preacher said. I didn't just hear the TV lady say this. I myself have heard him talk to me. I myself needed healing and he healed me. My son, my daughter was on a very bad road. I needed a miracle. He sent my son home. He sent my daughter home. In other words, you're witnessing what you heard. What you know, that's such a simple thing to do. It just comes natural to be a witness when you tell him what you know. And so uh, your personal experiences of what Jesus is doing every day is your witness. And then verse 17, this is so critical. The Lord told me Wednesday night when I was preaching, and then he gave me the scriptures for this thing here. He said this is called God's Witness Protection Program. How many of you have ever heard of the Witness Protection Program? He said, I'll deliver you for the ones I send you to. How many know that sometimes you know that God hooked you up with somebody to help them and they turn on you and want to bite your head off? Well, God will deliver you for the ones he sends you to. That's his witness protection program. You will be in a friendly environment here, but sometimes on your job or with your family, Jesus needs to protect you from verbal jabs or hateful words because of your stand for Christ. He told me this morning of a really good example of the witness protection program. Have you ever heard of a man in the Old Testament called Daniel? Daniel needed witness protection. That's what God told me this morning. You know why he needed witness protection? The government said, you can't pray anymore. Daniel said, 
I'm a follower of God. I pray every day. So Daniel went into his house. He prayed. The bad guys, inspired by the devil, peeked in his windows. They saw him praying at his house. So the bad guys told the king, said, hey, this bad believer over here is praying. Sound familiar? And so they said, you know what the law says? He has to get thrown in the lion's den. When you're under God's witness protection program, the lions can't bite you. This man got persecuted, prosecuted for praying. And so let me tell you this under God's witness protection program. Got a lot of school people in here. Sometimes those kids need prayed for. They need helped. People need the love of God in their lives. And so... When God puts it on your heart to help somebody with the name of Jesus, God will protect you when you help people with the name of Jesus. No matter where you are or what's going on, His witness protection program will cover you. You don't go around, you don't go around when you're on the company clock, still in time, being a religious nut. But when God opens up those doors where you know, I need to tell them Jesus is the answer, don't be afraid to do it because Jesus will deliver you from the people he sent you to. He said so, amen. And so in our atmosphere, what I'm saying is sometimes you need protection, but here you're totally safe. You can share that love freeness. Anyway, verse 18, he told us, turn them darkness to light. For the power of Satan unto God so they can receive forgiveness of sins. And so we must always stay conscious of the fact there is a heaven to gain. A hell to shun. Eternity is forever. We have fun at Harvest Fest. We have fun all the time. But the whole thing we do all the time, we're conscious of the fact. What's these people's spiritual condition? What can we do to help them to know Jesus? So this is why Harvest Fest and why we all have a part in it. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. And now, Miss Katie, we had our altar call prayer for people at the start. So Katie and Desiree are the ones that know everything about everything. So they will help you to hook up with your part in Harvest Fest. We be in. Oh, I'm back in America. No, go ahead. I'll talk English. Well, praise God. That was good stuff. Yeah? Are y'all ready to go fishing? That was like three people. That was a that was 